Welcome to the Evolution Exchange NHS podcast. Today's topic is empowering change, embracing digital transformation in the NHS. Here at Evolution Recruitment NHS, we are committed to helping individuals and NHS organisations realise their potential. Our goal is to build trust and develop deep relationships with individuals to make doing business easier. We collaborate with NHS organisations to help them build high-performing digital teams. We achieve this by curating and sharing insights into the ever-evolving NHS and digital industries best practices. I'm Matt, I lead Evolution's efforts in the Southwest, and I'm your host today. The views shared by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the official position or policy of their organisations. Today, I'm joined by Kate Emmond, Remote Monitoring Project Manager at University Hospitals Bristol and Western NHS Foundation Trust, Chloe Stokes, Senior Project Manager at Salisbury NHS Foundation Trust, and Fifi Mahawana Dendal, IT Project Manager at University Hospitals Dorset NHS Foundation Trust. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Fifi, can you introduce yourself first? Yes. Hi, everyone. I'm Fifi Mohanadendal, as Matt has said, and I'm an IT project manager at University Hospital Dorset. That's it. Brill. Kate, can you go next? Yeah. Hi, I'm Kate Demond. So I'm Remote Monitoring Project Manager in Cancer Services at University Hospitals Bristol and Western. Um, I've been in the trust and the NHS for 12 months now, so coming up to a year. Um, I've been working mainly on personalised stratified follow-up within cancer services and the digital remote monitoring system um, that's delivered alongside it. Brilliant. And then finally, Chloe. Hi, yep. I'm Chloe, Senior Project Manager at Salisbury NHS Foundation Trust. I've worked in the NHS probably about six and a half years now, both in commissioning and within hospitals. My current role is very focused on like outpatient transformation, so supporting the hospital to work differently within outpatients, including how we can best use digital technology to work more efficiently. So things like video consultations, patient portal, uptake of advice and guidance, that sort of thing. Amazing. Thank you very much. So now the introductions are done, let's move on to the topic in focus. So prior to the podcast, you've all have a question or statement on digital transformation in the NHS. As usual, I'll work around the room asking each of you to pose your question and the reasons behind it. And then all of you have the opportunity to give your take. So first of all, I'm going to start with Kate, if that's okay. Kate, the question that you had was, how can we ensure we are delivering digital transformation initiatives that are inclusive and accessible to all patients, including those with more than one long-term condition or complex need? Before we go over to Fifi and Chloe on that one, can you just give a little bit more context behind the question? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, I've been working predominantly in cancer services recently, and for these kind of slightly more complex long-term conditions where additional surveillance is, is necessary. We've been developing digital tools which are bespoke for those pathways. So I guess the question comes to from making sure that we're delivering a pathway that's not just suitable for the cancer population, but for also for a population of people who may have additional complex needs or other long-term conditions, potentially sensory impairment, neurodiverse patients, people with dementia or learning disabilities, making sure that everything that we're developing is usable and accessible by everyone. I think digital health equity is become such a, an important question across the board, both in terms of social determinants of health, but also digital determinants of health. And yeah, it's definitely an area that I'm particularly interested in. So would be, yeah, very keen to hear your thoughts on that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Really good question, Kate. I think, so 
one thing that I always think of when we talk about trying to be inclusive is right at the beginning of digital transformation. So in terms of working with suppliers as part of any procurement process, using subject matter experts to inform what we're purchasing and just doing that sense check with suppliers to make sure that what we're buying or what we're rolling out won't be negatively affecting patients um, or negatively impacting those with additional needs. But then a step further than that, I guess, for me would be making sure that the right stakeholders are in the room from the beginning. So not making assumptions about how something is going to affect someone, but actually having them part of that discussion themselves, involving patients where we can, if a potential sort of accessibility issue is raised when we're in a scoping stage, can we sense check that with a patient? Can we ask a patient to to pilot the tool or just to do a bit of a, a focus group, that sort of thing? Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Chloe. Fifi, what, what would you say to that? Yeah, I was literally going to say something very similar to you, Chloe. And yeah, it's literally having to understand the target audience and including them in mind. So not only necessarily the patient, because of course, not all patients can be able to, unless there's somebody with certain disabilities where they can't be able to communicate themselves, is being able to include caregivers and understanding exactly like additional stakeholders. And I think as well, when it comes to systems like that, it's being able to understand, like putting personalizing and putting in mind okay the person like how are mapping out the customer journey or the patient journey of how they're going to use it helps a lot as well to be able to fully understand okay this will be the barrier of where if we do it this way if we deliver this initiative in this particular way this may be a barrier so how can we able to then using their voice and using how they're going to think it, putting yourself in their shoes a bit to be like okay this is what that something that's going to trip us up if we deliver this and being able to then implement that as you are testing and as you're developing your, pro- your product with the supplier, being able to then include them, being, you know, hands-on with those changes and those, yeah, like functionalities into your, into the build, which as well would really help a lot. Brilliant. Perfect. Is there any, anybody want to add anything else onto that one? Yeah, I guess that's much the same as the the reason why I posed the question, the kind of the opinions that I was of as well. Um, and I think this probably is a multifaceted way of approaching it. So it, depending on whether it's innovation or a kind of procurement, but involvement, engagement and co-design from conceptualization right the way through to implementation and delivery, I think is absolutely critical. Um, and I think that's both in terms of a kind of product design perspective but also as well as the underpinning services whether there's a need to adapt the clinical pathways or the clinical the way that the clinical teams are approaching the use of the digital product as well as the digital product itself and I think yeah there's a plethora of strategy policy and guidelines which we can hold service providers to account to as well as using our own expertise uh, as well as the kind of expertise of people with lived experience to inform that as well yeah it's great to hear the kind of different approaches that you guys would take as well did you want to add something into that yes yeah i was just thinking as the conversation progressed there about when we were rolling out the patient portal here at salisbury we were quite far behind if you like others in our region in terms of rolling out a tool like that and we were able to learn a lot really in terms of how the 
the portal would work in practice from our neighbours in the same region as us. And I think from that side of things, it's really useful to to link in with other sort of local hospitals, particularly if they've already started using the digital technology, because actually they will know firsthand whether there are any sort of impacts that we need to be aware of in terms of patients with multiple conditions, that sort of thing, and how it actually works in practice. Because I think something on paper or a digital tool on paper could be then very different to how that translates across into sort of real life. So talking to other hospitals that have actually done it, I think is a really useful thing to do as well. Amazing. Thank you very much. Just moving on to that one, the, our next question poses I suppose nicely it takes us on from where we've just been, as opposed to Kate's question, which is more around how do we ensure that the patient focus is there and we are being inclusive and the, and the transformation initiatives are accessible for patients. Chloe, your question was, what are the biggest risk factors for NHS Trust to consider when rolling out digital communication tools for patients? So before I go around to Kate and Fifi for their opinion on that, can you just add a little bit more context to it? Yeah, absolutely. So the reason I wanted to ask about digital communication tools in particular was because, as I mentioned within my organisation, we've recently rolled out the patient platform. And one aspect of that is to help keep patients informed of upcoming appointments through text reminders for outpatient appointments. And one of the biggest considerations of, of this piece of work really is the existence of health inequalities. So as Matt said, quite linked to your question, Kate, and obviously we work towards reduce those as far as it's possible. Uh, we're in quite a rural area here in Salisbury. So understandably, quite a few of our patients don't have ready access to the internet or hardware to be able to use digital platforms. And it's just something that we've had to be really mindful of when we've been rolling out the patient platform, as well as how we link in with specific stakeholder groups. So we've got lots of local military medical centres as well, which has been another sort of consideration for us. So we haven't really been able to use a standardised approach. So it'd just be good to hear from you guys in terms of any other risk factors that you've come across in your career so far in terms of digital communication. Thanks, Chloe. Fifi, do you want to start us off with that one? In my experience, we haven't, I haven't personally gone through something similar to this but one of the things that when I was looking at your question was the other barriers as well that I have seen in some of the implementations of the systems that I've done I've worked on is which includes so a part of it is having that accessibility because not everybody can be able to access that type of technology but even something as like safeguarding for vulnerable people and data or it could be as well like cultural language barriers as well for example you could look at a system and if a person doesn't from a cultural perspective that's something they're used to or the language they're coming from a different country they are doing healthcare is a whole lot different it's being able to basically like bridge the gap with like loads of different elements into that and again it then goes back into when you are then rolling out systems to be able to fully think about the person like in thinking about all the different elements of under un, that and so for me it's just being able to again going back to the patient and going back to extra stakeholders to be like how can we be able to yeah open it up and understand them properly because I think from our perspective as well it's very easy to be like okay we can see the benefits of a system an initiative and we can see it from the trust perspective but not 
and and being able to then look at the patient's perspective and be like, how can we then marry those two together? Yeah, because and especially as well, there are some when it comes to rolling new systems or technology, you can get a bit of people that are being reluctant to change. So it's being able to try and pinpoint those touch point areas where helping people to be able patients and stakeholders to engage properly with the system in ways and it's just finding those things that they can be able to just attach themselves into yeah brilliant thanks Fifi. okay what what would you say about that that question from chloe so just to bring it back up what are the biggest risk factors for nhs trust to consider when rolling out digital communication tools for patients yeah, I think I agree with um, a lot of the things that Fifi and Chloe have said already in terms of patient safety, again, from multiple different aspects, from a privacy perspective, ensuring that the communication is is being sent to the, the correct person and is only received by the intended recipient. The safeguarding issues that Fifi mentions, a big project that's also been happening here, HPW is around domestic violence within cancer services and ensuring that we're not delivering a digital platform which potentially could be abused in in a way and ensuring yeah safeguarding measures are put in place i think one of the big things that we've encountered recently is ensuring that communication is available to all clinical teams that need to see it ensuring that letters are available both within kind of our PaaS systems as well as any kind of patient engagement platforms that it might be then sent on to. Yeah, ensuring from a clinical safety perspective that it's documented, understood and only accessed by the intended recipient is a really vital thing to to achieve. An additional thing that I think probably links also into Fifi's next question as well as Chloe's is around interoperability and ensuring that the kind of digital platform that we're putting in place is fit for fit for purpose and usable by patients and staff making sure that it meets the needs of the clinical teams rather than creating additional challenges and I think that engagement in the platform is a massive kind of risk factor so ensuring that we're delivering something that's fit for purpose and that will be used effectively is vital for any digital transformation that takes place in the NHS yeah I think they were the kind of three things that I'd thought about in terms of Chloe's question. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you for that, Kate. Before we move on to the next question, does anybody have anything they want to add into that? Has any final thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think it's a question really, an additional question to chuck chuck in there. So I guess for you, Kate and Chloe, like when you do start on a project or an initiative, when do you then bring in stakeholders? I know it, it would make sense from the beginning to bring their stakeholders, but from your experience, do you have any like stories of or examples of when you brought in a stakeholder from the start of a project initiative and how you then, you know, the interaction and the engagement throughout the project in building I don't know, I guess the system or influencing the decisions in implementing a system and how the impact of that. Because it'd be really good to hear examples. Anybody got any examples? I can. (laughs) Yeah, I have. I know for sure that when we started looking at video consultations in particular, which I guess everyone will be super familiar with now, we were very keen that whilst it was something we needed to roll out quite reactively, obviously back in 2020, as a direct mitigation to the pandemic, um, we were really keen to have our clinical team, so our clinical stakeholders as part of that procurement right from the very beginning. And it was almost like non-negotiable, really, that we could do it in any other way, because we knew that it was going to be quite a big change in how we were operating, particularly in outpatients. So 
for us, we needed something that was A, something that we could obviously roll out quite quickly, but B, something that clinicians actually wanted to use. So yeah, it was definitely really important for us to have clinicians as part of the procurement for that piece of work. Yeah. Yeah, I think likewise here, having people who are going to be using the system involved from the outset is critical, making sure that it, yeah, you're delivering something that they think is appropriate um, and will benefit both them and the people on, under their care. From then on, the clinical teams have been heavily involved. And I think having a clinical champion who's promoting your project is beneficial not only in ensuring that the thing that's delivered at the end is fit for purpose but also in terms of pushing the project forward and yeah really having that that clinical support for any project is vital um for achieving success amazing thank you very much i suppose that takes us nicely on to the next question from you fifi again so it would be how can we strengthen digital capabilities the use of technology to deliver care while building a culture that embraces digital transformation. So just like with the other two questions, if I could just go back to you first of all, just to add a little bit more context to it. Yeah. So for me, it's just coming from a perspective, of course, we do have a mandate from NHS England of where we need to be in terms of delivering digital transformation into trusts. And with that, of course, we are implementing new technology and technology really quickly, but also in recognizing that having users to feel confident in using systems and confident in the change of moving from, for example, paper to going digital is something that is still very much, it's teething, like you're teething moments sometimes you can see it when you are having to kind of hold the user's hand a bit more throughout the journey and just wondering from your perspective how you have experienced that when you are implementing new systems and how you can be able to then help the user to be empowered in using that system with confidence and also recognizing that we are going through a shift where we are having to embrace digital transformation instead of going back into using old habits, if you want to put it that way, of using reverting back to paper or finding out other processes that things humans do, like just pick up something like, oh, we'll find shortcuts into that. And instilling that culture of, no, we're going to embrace anything digital that we're implementing. And we're going to do it with joy and glee instead of having to fight a little bit yeah so my question that's the context of it so it'd be really interesting to hear from your perspective Chloe and Kate how you have navigated that brilliant Kate is it possible to come to you first on this one yeah sure so I think probably quite similar to what we were discussing before around having the clinical teams involved um whether that's a team approach or whether kind of individual champions um, at each kind of level and especially those who'll be involved in using the systems. Um, so for the products that we're rolling out in cancer services or we work heavily with the clinical nurse specialist teams, but also have a, a consultant champion for um, for each specialism that we're working with um, just ensuring that everything that we're delivering is usable from a clinical perspective, but also from their perspective, meeting the, the needs of the patient population. Um, and I think that is definitely a challenge in terms of clinical teams are obviously overstretched, as we all know, and having that ring fence time to dedicate to digital projects, I think, is really important. I think 
I listened to a talk about the innovation hub at the Royal Free and how they work I found really interesting so they have dedicated teams with consultants that have allocated time to digital projects which are then backfilled I think that's a really important way to try and approach it is ensuring that you're not taking time away from their clinical activities and but also making time for the clinical input in any digital transformation project I think is really critical um and yeah I think as you say ensuring at the end that things that are being implemented are fit for purpose is a kind of great way of showing that it's something of value and potentially improving how the how people view digital products moving forward I think in an environment where we're introducing more and more digital platforms ensuring that each one has value is critical rather than another system that the clinical teams have to navigate yeah having that input from the kind of conceptualization stage into any digital project I think is yeah important to ensure that we're not oversaturating a system for the clinical teams amazing thanks for that Kate uh, Chloe what to that yeah I completely agree with Kate's point around making sure trying to make sure that we're not oversaturating teams in terms of asking them to utilize digital technologies I think that's really important in terms of embedding a culture that sort of embraces digital transformation I think in my experience certainly that the fear of the unknown can be one of the most daunting concepts for for staff that are using digital technology so actually in that sense training can be a really key way of helping to to build a culture that embraces digital means so I think making training as accessible as possible so I've tried in a couple of recent projects to offer training in a variety of different ways so we're not making a a standard process for the training that sort of makes it inaccessible for staff groups so things like doing video face-to-face training guides just making it interactive where you can so we've done like drop-in sessions where clinical staff members can pop in on their lunch break and find out what it's all about that sort of thing, which I think has been a really good way to help increase awareness of a new sort of technology. And I think as well, sharing success, that's something I think we all personally and professionally tend to shy away from sometimes. But if a team have done something really well, digital transformation or otherwise, I think sharing that for everyone to know, generating some sort of healthy competition as well can be a really good way to help build a culture that embraces digital technology. Brilliant. Thank you for that input there, Chloe. Um, Before we close off on that one, there's obviously a few really interesting points raised there. Does anyone have any final thoughts on those? I was just going to say, yeah, that was very good. And yeah, just even in addition to what you're saying, Chloe, like even from a patient perspective, because for example, there are systems, for example, our our maternity system, where we had to engage both the user, the clinicians and patients all in one go. We had to then figure out how are we going to engage in a way different perspectives or different target audiences and stakeholders into it. And even in that, it's like considering figuring, considering ways to empower patients in that. Are they feeling, considering patient satisfaction, considering the user confidence. So let's say it's an app where a patient has to use in order to access elements. It's being able to be like, how confident are they in using it? Are they loving it? Are they engaging it? Do they enjoy it? So it's being able as well to consider, yeah, both perspectives into what you're saying, Chloe, and also being able to 
yeah, think about streamlining processes, which is something that I we had to in our team. We were just talking about is even if we want to implement a new system. And everybody's so keen to say, yes, it'd be so great having the systems going to make work, the workflows easier. It's being able to like, okay, how do we then best streamline those processes, making sure everybody's in agreement or this is how we're going to do it. This is now, because that's what culture is initially. It's just like ways of, a way of doing things, right? And it's being able to just empower them in coming up with a workshop or, or include them in a workshop and be like, okay, so this is how we're going to process, how we're going to process doing this process of booking patients or processing data or and it's being able to then have that joint agreement of okay now we come together all in agreement on this process now when we implement it when we have a new system coming in it's not everybody's on the same page which is something I was just thinking about as you were as you were speaking Chloe which was really good thanks for that by the way brilliant thank you all for that um, I suppose before we end the podcast, I'd like to say a massive thank you again to all of our guests for sharing their thoughts today. Uh, once again, the guests have been Katie Mond, Remote Monitoring Project Manager at University Hospitals Bristol and Western NHS Foundation Trust, Chloe Stokes, Senior Project Manager at Salisbury NHS Foundation Trust, and Fifi Mahwana Dendal, IT Project Manager at University Hospitals Dorset NHS Foundation Trust. So mouthful that. If you are hiring for new technical roles or looking for a new role, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message for that too. I'm Matt and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me on matthew.plant at evolution-contract.co.uk or visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash UK forward slash NHS. Thanks again to our guests and thank you for listening. We hope you can join us again next time.